Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Adele D'Souza. Adele is the founder of Hire Hire and we're here to talk about how a lack of awareness is one of the main barriers for entering the tech industry. Adele, welcome to the show. Thank you ever so much, Matt. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to have you on today, Adele. I'm really, really excited for this one. Um, Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I founded and run an organisation called Hire Hire. And in simple terms, we help students become adults. Um, That's everything that you might consider from leaving the classroom um, to them being happy and successful um, in a career. And we also look at things outside of working life. So think pensions, mortgages, everything that you kind of consider to be adulting. Um, But with a keen passion, given my own background in introducing a new and diverse uh, generation of talent within the tech industry, given my own personal background in IT. Nice one. Yeah. And just to kind of kick things off, um, I, re- I really wanted to just, you know, get your current take on, um, you know, careers education with respect to tech right now and, you know, the, the kind of changes that you'd like to see made in that in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Careers education is such a broad term, right? So I think careers education can sometimes be used in, oh, we need certain inclusions in the national curriculum, we need to have dedicated apprenticeship programs, we need to have a module at university. Um, it's slightly broader than that and, and perhaps not as as detailed. Sometimes it's as simple as spending time in schools, going in and talking to young people about career pathways, about decisions that we made when we were sat just about to do our exams, just about to open that results envelope. So careers education is, is super, super broad. At the moment, it does seem very much like a tick box exercise. Um, it's okay, well, we've certain, you know, certain schools have to adhere to obviously Ofsted and the Gatsby benchmarks. Um, so, and it's hard, right? There's an awful lot to get done in the school day. So it's by no means, you know, the fault of the education system. Um, the changes I'd like to see is just more involvement with the local community. I think, you know, I enjoy going back into my old school it's almost like we should we should make that pastime that everybody does. It's our little way of giving back. I think the difference would be really palpable, especially within the tech industry, but also to those industries that young people aren't exposed to on a day-to-day basis. Um, you'd be very aware of perhaps a teacher or a doctor or a paramedic or a lawyer because we see them. We see them on TV. Um, we kind of grow up hearing about them. Um, but some of those slightly niche job titles, one of my own, for example, in the past, partner marketing or content writer we, we didn't know that they were things when I was younger yeah yeah me neither I mean to be honest w- one thing that I was really happy with in school and I felt very fortunate of is the fact that I kind of always knew what I wanted to do from the age of like 13 14 and like a lot of a lot of kids in my year didn't know what they wanted to do what they wanted to do until it was you know ready to go through clearing um, so, so with that, with that being said, you know, um, what, what tools can be supplied to young people to really help them make those more informed choices when leaving education and, you know, um, really pursuing like a career in tech? Yeah. So I think, I think it's a mixture of tools and rhetoric, right? So like you said, you were, you were one of the fortunate ones that kind of knew what you wanted to do. And there's lots of us out there that were shruggers, 
Um, so, you know, the shoulders come up. You know, I, don't, I don't know what I want to do or want to be. Um, and it seems like an unfair question. Um, how can you know what you want to be when you don't know the options available to you? So it comes back to that careers education, that awareness piece. Um, so some of it is around the rhetoric and, you know, we're kind of encouraging, you know, choose what you want to do at a young age when you don't know what's available. It, it almost feels like individuals then feel like they're always set up to fail. Because if you don't get that position or if you don't get that course or if you don't get that job role, then it's all over. I think the tools that would be interesting um, are around looking at soft skills, transferable skills. Um, I spend a lot of time with young people and we look at their hobbies and their passions and their interests and go, what do you like about this? Actually, what's the role that you play in your friendship group? Um, I, you know, I put my hands up. I tend to be the one that says, hey, guys, I found this holiday deal and this plane and this, you know, this time. And, <laughs> and that's the role that I play socially. So it's lent itself to things that I've then gone on to do in my professional career. So I think I think it's it's a mixture of those those two or three things. Right. So you don't need to have the plan set out from from day one um, and lean into some of the things that you enjoy doing because you don't know what doors they may open. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, I kind of wanted to kind of bring in, you know, I really want to kind of address the uh, lack of diversity conversation that happens in tech quite a lot and, and kind of, you know, where that kind of starts from. Uh, and obviously, you know, we want to look at, at schools and the education system. Um, what are some of the contributing factors to, um, to, to that issue? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a handful, right? So the the biggest one, one that's like really heavily discussed, but maybe not as much action that is taking place is around unconscious biases. You know, unconscious biases is now being seen as a dirty word, but it's not. It's reality. There is there's something to be said around me meeting somebody who, you know, went to the same university that I did or grew up in the same area. Or but what happens with that is the diversity actually becomes more around the diversity of thought and the lack of diversity of thought and experiences and nurture. So, so unconscious bias is a huge one around that. Um, we're seeing more and more organisations, and I hope to see more of it in our industry, that are removing that you have to have gone to a certain university, that you have to have achieved certain results, that you, you know, things that you kind of go, actually, you're putting people in in buckets that might not necessarily be relevant for the role that you're recruiting for. Our industry has a huge habit of requiring 10 years experience and a Russell Group University graduate from somebody who's 21 years old. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, so so I think I think that side, that's a big contributing factor. I think there's the, you know, there's the the lack of the lack of want to change as well. It's almost like, well, we've been doing it all this time, why would we change? Um, and unfortunately, it's those organisations that go, OK, we have to change. Wouldn't it be great if we're in a situation where, go, where individuals, organisations go, actually, we're going to go to a, a, a different environment. We're going to go to a different background. We're actually going to say, yeah, we're going to have a graduate scheme, but we don't really care what degree you have or what grade you've got or what university you went to. But just, you know, just for, for the early days of filtering, we're going to go that. And we're going to have an apprenticeship programme. And they're not just going to be technical. We're going to have HR and paralegal and marketing. And it's just really interesting then that for me, diversity is about diversity of thought. As soon as we start going back to those check boxes and tick boxes, I think it, you know, it becomes difficult to sustain um, and, and difficult for, for organisations to retain as well. And that, that, that's another thing that I wanted to really talk to you about, because when it comes to, you know, sustainability, um, recruitment strategies, retention strategies, 
what should companies really be looking at? And is there any kind of mistakes that we can learn from uh, in the last sort of, you know, five to 10 years? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of things that we can look at. So if we, if we tag it onto that concept of diversity of thought, it's that actually recruitment and retention isn't just the role of one department in the organisation, right? This is a whole cultural concept. So it's, you know, looking at looking at marketing teams in terms of saying, hey, we're, we're recruiting for the next generation of talent. So, you know, where's our target audience? Well, they're probably not on LinkedIn just yet. They're probably using the likes of Instagram and TikTok and Be Real and possibly Twitter in some regions. So, so there's a, there's a, I think, it, you know, it's the, to really be sustainable, it has to be a company effort and, and it can either be bottom up or it can be top down, but it has to be, um, it has to be company wide. Um, trying to, trying to promote the element of getting diversity of thought is just looking at your processes and going, are my processes being restrictive? Am I requesting or are we requesting all of our interviews be face to face in central London? The cost of getting into central London for a number of young people is is prohibitive. The cost of getting into London for a lot of people is prohibitive. Um, you know, are we are we looking at and everybody's talked heavily around hybrid working, um, especially since the since the pandemic, um, but also looking at other offerings that make the workplace look attractive to those that come from varying backgrounds. So, you know, I'm I'm very, very lucky. The organisations I've worked with have always had pension schemes. But I can tell you in my very early career, actually the, the pension wasn't my biggest worry. My my travel costs were or repaying my student loan was or, you know, and just looking at that and going, actually, we, do we have processes? Do we have offerings that move with the life cycle of our employees as they go from early careers, hopefully onto middle management and up into senior management, because I think that makes a, a big difference. Um, a, a lot of a lot of people are now very aware that the five day in the office working week isn't suitable. Um, but I really hope that it doesn't take. You know, we hope that it's not just the pandemic that's caused us to realise that. I hope that we can find other things without having to be some global shutdown before we, we change some of our other practices and processes. Yeah, I really like what you said about, you know, kind of pension seeds as well, because obviously I, I, I'm in my um, mid 20s. I can tell you right now, like, you know, companies can offer really good, outstanding pension schemes. But if you offer like a like a cheeky half day on a Friday, like people are just going to take that instead. Maybe that comes back to that careers education piece, right? I didn't well, well, exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the, the value of having a pension when I was leaving school and leaving university. Um, I didn't realise, you know, there's benefits to having one that I really, really would appreciate. Um, so it's it, it for me that it kind of it almost like comes full circle to that careers education piece, which is which is why we created higher higher um, when I did all those years ago. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe you like one thing that I I've definitely seen is like it, it's kind of hard for um, you know teenagers in school to really kind of focus on the stuff because A levels are such a you know arduous task getting into uni is such an arduous task obviously the university degree itself um what kind of age should, should we really be you know starting to try and you know get young people in this uh mindset really good question it's almost like it has to, i want to say it has to be through osmosis we just have to talk about it in different ways on different platforms that they'll absorb it right so gen z would be the biggest generation out there using tiktok 30 45 second videos on what's the difference between you know what's a pension what's an ISA what's a mortgage what do they look for 
you know, this doesn't have to be a big overhaul on, right, you've turned 13, you now must learn this. I think that there's ways that we can weave it into almost every, almost everyday life. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, And I think that's kind of, you know, the best way to (laughs) appeal to, you you know, a certain um, sort of demographic of teenagers where it's like, you know, look, all of this stuff's here. All of this stuff's very much integrated to your social media experience in general and your kind of learning experience in general. You don't have to go out your way to do anything, but, you know, this is here and it's pretty cool. You should take a look at it. So, um, yeah, I think I think I, I like that kind of approach here. Um, Adele, thank you so much for coming on to uh, the podcast today. I really do appreciate your time. No, thanks ever so much for having me. I'm, I'm really grateful. Uh, and also thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast as well. We hope you took a, a lot away from today's episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to higherhigher.co.uk. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.